0: This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, my name is Stephanie Benedetto. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Queen of Raw. And what I love about fashion and supply chains is that they have the power to literally solve things like the world's water crisis, making the world a better place for future generations, including my four-year-old son and my newborn from new york city you're listening to fashion is your business covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry
1: all right stephanie benedetto co-founder ceo of queen of raw we've uh we've spent a lot of time together uh on this show and recording material is your business another podcast uh we've told your story before, but so much has changed since the last time we talked with your business. And then certainly the things that you put in motion with your business have become quite relevant for brands in the face of the pandemic, uh, COVID-19. So maybe we could start with a first of all, welcome to the show again. It's really nice to to hear you. How are you doing?
0: Thank you. I'm doing great, and it's wonderful to be back.
1: Thanks. Uh, It's great to have you, Stephanie. You're a great friend. Uh, Let's start here. Can you catch us up to speed with uh, what Queen of Raw is all about and really what the latest in in your journey has been? Uh, You have won all sorts of competitions. You've gotten a lot of partnerships. You've gotten a lot of recognition. A lot of attention is on you. And it's for good reason. It's not just the original premise you started out with. You have definitely grown, expanded, and leveled up. So fill us in on what you're up to now and the things you've put in place. And then after that, we'll touch base on what's going on now.
0: You bet and appreciate that very much. Um, You know, if you're not iterating and improving and growing, then what are you doing, especially in response to a changing, shifting landscape in the world, but in that opportunity. So um, kind of quick background on Queen of Raw. We are a global marketplace for fashion brands and retailers to be able to buy and sell their unused textiles, keep it out of landfill and help them turn what would be pollution into profit. And when we started this marketplace um, and officially kind of opened it up two years ago, you know, there people were talking about sustainability. They were starting to look at their issues around waste in their supply chains, but it was very early in the conversation and it wasn't necessarily top of mind for everyone. We were very excited to find some strong early adopters and big brands and retailers from fast fashion to luxury who really were passionate about this, saw the value from a sustainability perspective as well as a business perspective. Um, and so we, as we've been growing the marketplace, we realized that now as more and more buyers are becoming sellers and sellers are becoming buyers and seeing the value of pre-consumer textiles, pre-consumer waste, I think we learned a lot about what our community wants and needs. We learned that we had so much information about their supply chains that was previously dark data that they weren't paying attention to. There was a lot more value we could offer them and a lot more we could do with that data. So in addition to growing the marketplace, we now have for our larger enterprise customers an integrated tool, a dashboard that allows them to really visualize in new ways the savings to their bottom and top lines as well as to the environment. By all the actions they're taking, buying and selling dead stock and unused fabrics across Queen of Raw, and uh, so it's been really excited to grow that, to see the response in, and now these issues of sustainability and bottom and top line cost savings are top of mind. So um, it, it, it's worked well.
1: You, you have a new platform as well, or an updated platform, yes.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of our enterprise portal. Um, We call it Materia MX, and it's just a way for a larger customer to be able to privately buy and sell as well as collect valuable data and analytics around the actions they're taking. So they can literally see When they sell fabric, you know, how much that improves their ROI month over month and year over year by now freeing up, obviously, all that costly warehouse space and getting money for what was before waste that would be landfilled or burned. It shows in the amount of money that they're also saving if they turn around and buy dead stock at a steep discount located where they need those fabrics to manufacture their goods. And then, of course, it gives them in that dashboard kind of real time supply chain data and sustainability data. So, which matters now, obviously, more than ever, how can they actually see where in their supply chain they're vulnerable, where in the world they have dependencies on for raw materials and finished goods, and and how can they do better in their supply chains, avoid periods of disruption and protect themselves, as well as figure out how much water, toxins and energy that they're saving by the actions that they take doing better and doing good.
1: Great. Okay, thanks. So now we've got a handle on the Queen of Raw marketplace. It enables fashion brands, retailers to buy and sell unused inventory from raw materials to finished goods. You've got the Queen of Raw integrated dashboard or the Materia MX. It's for enterprise organizations. Visualize the savings to their their bottom and top lines. OK, so we've got we've got that context. And just for our listeners, this isn't intended as a commercial for Queen of Raw, but really some context uh, as to what Queen of Raw is doing. Now, let's take that context, Stephanie, and apply it to what's happening as in the wake of and in the face of COVID-19 and all of the disruption that that's causing supply chains and the brands that depend on them. So uh, how. As this pandemic began to materialize, and you saw what was going to happen and what was happening to brands and manufacturers and startups and designers and so forth, um, how how did Queen of Raw? How did you start to think about okay, one, uh, I, I hate to say it this way, but how this is an opportunity. To deploy what you've built over time and in, in, in maybe with new meaning. And second of all, how did you start to visualize that this is going to be a real problem and you need to make sure people know about what you're doing because it could really help enable resilient supply chains in the face of disruption.
0: Without key questions, obviously, that everybody or we're all the whole world is looking at. I think when we first started looking at these issues, you know, questions around dependencies on China in our supply chain, sustainability, um, you know, it it just wasn't top of mind for everyone, as I was saying. And now suddenly people were seeing supply chains. across the world, broken, literally fractured by problems and challenges, moving goods from place to place. And this has massive impact on us personally, right? Because groceries that we're getting, the goods that we're trying to purchase online, um, we personally feel this pain. And of course, professionally for these enterprise organizations who had depended on these old school way of doing business and reliance on partner factories and mills to fulfill orders and goods and move things through a supply chain. Suddenly now that is literally disrupted for everyone everywhere in the world. And you feel that pain. And I think that, yes, it is, you know, I wish everyone to please stay healthy and safe through all of this. Um, But I think it does provide a significant and like you said, for lack of a better word, opportunity to realize where there were these breaks and problems and challenges and how we can do better. I think people are personally seeing this when now we're reading reports about being able to see skylines for further distances, having clearer air, clearer water. I think there was a jellyfish swimming in the Venice canals that everyone could suddenly see for the first time. By not the world not moving and supply chains not moving, we are seeing the impact uh, on our people and planets and the environment and that if that can do any good it's to to start to clean up our environment and also tune people into these issues and now how what are the opportunities to build business models and build technology and solutions that can solve this going forward
1: so from a practical standpoint right now what are some learnings that that you've seen brands uh discover already in this process as a result of implementing the solutions that you have or, or just by following the, you know, the, the mantras that you profess, what, what could a brand be doing right now, just in a general sense that would help save money, reallocate their waste and, and given the broken, interrupted or, or collapsed supply chains how can they still try to keep in motion by thinking differently?
0: Well, the beauty of supply chains, right, is that they are a chain with links and there are ways to repair breaks in the links and to make them more resilient in the face of all this disruption. First and foremost, what we see and what we know businesses are going to have to find ways to have cost savings, to save money. That is critical right now. And, actually, they're sitting on gold mines and many times they don't even know it, right? Their unused inventory, their fabrics that's sitting in warehouses collecting dust for costing them money, or their unused finished goods that were going to be sent to a retail store that for right now in this short term is not open, that actually is an opportunity that they can monetize on that waste, free up that costly warehouse space and save money and make money selling this stuff. So it... Starting to look at these issues of waste, of course, there's sustainability benefits, but there's huge amount of cost savings, which is very much in line with what they all need to be doing right now. Um, I also encourage kind of brands and retailers and businesses to think about not just selling this waste. But the value of turning around and buying things out of waste, because now that supply chains are broken and you may not be able to go to your traditional factory or mill to fill an order right now, um, your business needs to survive. And we want it to not only survive, but thrive coming out of this. You want to fill orders and dead stock can still fill orders. Uh, The raw materials and finished goods that are sitting out there already made, can still fill orders and you can find it at a steep discount located where you need it. And so I think that provides, um, you know, a powerful value for peep for businesses to think about, where it's not just the sustainability benefits, but really the 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 Financial benefits that they will get by doing that, um, and, and you know, if anything, this kind of forces the hand a little bit for people to realize what we have always seen as valuable, but now it becomes top of mind to them to become to become valuable too. For anyone who wants to know, we are working on sourcing the materials for masks and gowns to make what is absolutely needed around the world. Um, hopefully, that's just a short term problem, and then longer term, we can continue to provide value and support our community.
1: That really aligns with one of the things that you have as a part of your platform, which is that matchmaking aspect, a turnkey matchmaking between buyers and sellers. So I would imagine just the experience you've had in that matchmaking has really really come into play in terms of what you were just saying.
0: It is. And and since we um, kind of were last on the show, it it has been something we spent a lot of time doing because in order to solve these problems around the world, uh, it's to me, it's about, yes, understanding businesses and their supply chains and helping them find tools to automate things that were traditionally done by hand and, and inevitably cause problems. And also critical to what we do is to be able to match buyers and sellers um, with what they need, when they need it and where they need it at the right price. And so we have built out a lot of tools in order to do that globally and efficiently and try to make this as quick and easy of a process for our community as possible. Because at the end of the day, your business, you need to do what you do best. Um, and you know, if we can provide the tools and the solutions to help you do that quicker, better, faster, cheaper, uh, that's what we're here to do.
1: What insights, if any, are you having on the realities of traditional disposal methods or services right now that brands would depend on that are affected as a result of the COVID-19 crisis, which means that, uh, you know, the, the ways that people, uh, brands usually discard waste um, may not be as efficient or available to them but the waste may still exist if they're still manufacturing. And is that playing into your thinking at all? Or
0: We are regularly tracking all the changes in the laws around the world, around responsible waste disposal. We've seen certain parts of the world, especially in Europe that have done an incredible job applying things like extended producer responsibility policies, new recycling laws. Um, these have had a, a massive impact on how we dispose of our waste, and now if we don't, there is real liability attached to doing these actions. it is very costly and so for a business it's not just about you know recycling for recycling's sake we have seen massive changes in the laws around the world around how people dispose of their waste responsibly and certain parts of the world like Europe have done an incredible job when it comes to things like recycling laws and extended producer responsibility and now it means that you can't just send your stuff to be burned or to landfill there's real dollars ascribed to that and real liability so I think people are waking up to these issues it's something we regularly track and it's critically important because now it means that you know Know if you don't comply with these changes in the laws and you aren't thinking about how you dispose of your waste, you're going to have to pay a lot of money and there's going to be a lot of negative attached to it, which is not very good for any brand. We're actually really excited to be a part of a consortium in New York um, that is backed by government and enterprise corporations that will be putting out a white paper in the coming months to change the laws in New York and propose to make New York circular. And I think that's just the beginning of what we're going to see coming out of this period. And that is powerful opportunity for new business models and new solutions to come out that can help businesses offset that coming legal liability and help them protect
1: themselves amazing. Uh, so, okay one more quick question as as, uh, as you you've talked to brands in the past and they haven't acted yet they've heard your message they haven't acted. they're still kind of in the in the cycle of potential clients or pretend potential uh, actors of the things that you that you uh, proselytize and uh, the services that you offer. And then they've now started to circle back with you and say, you know, uh, maybe this is the time for us to start acting in this direction. What is it you think, what is it you're hearing from them that's connecting the dots for them now?
0: Well, so one thing that we spend a lot of time talking to our community about is that sometimes Making these kinds of changes or looking for opportunities seem so hard and massive for a large enterprise company to take on because they make these bold and incredible but ambitious goals. To be a hundred percent circular or to digitize a hundred percent of their supply chain. And it's really powerful when they make these statements and put their stake in the ground. My goal is let me help you get there, but let's start with what we can control and do today that will help you do better and do good, but also save and make you money. And it doesn't require these huge Herculean efforts to overdo everything overnight. We do want to get there, but I always think people are afraid to. to make any less of a big claim than that, but also then get stuck in the mud, not knowing how to start. And we really want to give them a place to start a way that they can navigate what's going on right now and take it an opportunity to start to digitize parts of their supply chain, to start to look at their issues of waste. Um, Baby steps here, everybody. Let's help you save and make money right away
1: today. So uh, Stephanie, uh, as kind of a a playbook, if you will, a business playbook for uh, brands uh, to be thinking about in light of all of this, what would you say is sort of a a checklist they could go through to figure out if there's action they can take?
0: I think the, the, difficulty of going through this is that you're immediately having breaks in your supply chain. But the beauty of going through something like this is you're immediately seeing the breaks in your supply chain. And so by looking at and seeing where you are vulnerable, where your pain points are, where the biggest amount of waste is occurring, where the biggest challenges to move inventory from place to place are, where the biggest uh, you know store area of stores closing, I think that opportunity gives you a Chance to look at, okay, now where are things still moving and where can we move inventory and stores away from periods impacted by disruption into areas maybe not as impacted by disruption or starting to open up again? And what does this mean for us as a business for the future in terms of how we think about periods of disruption? A lot of businesses, I think, can take this opportunity and if it is a period of kind of slower growth and downtime, to reassess and reevaluate supply chain, see the breaks, but also start to think about maybe there are some projects and some things that we put on the back burner because we were too busy filling our regular orders and getting things out the door and working on the the fashion calendar and buy-sell cycle. And now we have a little bit of an opportunity to slow things down and to think about some of these projects, whether it be a technology solution that can offer us a real business advantage, whether it be looking at some new Business models and new innovations and new future lines for our business, and, and now is the time to do it. So uh, it, it, there are very there exciting opportunities in all of them.
1: Maybe I'm wrong about this, but most brands look at their, their waste as, uh, as scraps, as cuttings, as uh, extraneous materials. But they're not necessarily looking at unsold, out-of-season inventory as waste that could be repurposed and turn into more of a profit center. Uh, Can you talk to that a little bit?
0: So a lot of brands and retailers historically, you know, do think of waste. You're exactly right. As the scraps off a cutting room floor. And when we have gone out and kind of quantified this problem and looked at how massive it is, it's actually to the tune of $120 billion with a B a year of unused inventory. And that includes scraps, but it also includes millions to millions of yards of perfectly good fabric and inventory that, uh, that's available. And I think that understanding how big of a problem this is, but it also means understanding how big of a solution it can be for a business, especially in a time period like now. Uh, I would ask every brand or retailer who may be listening to look at what they have in liability on the books. Because you may think you have a certain amount in waste every year and write that off as a liability. But if you dive a little bit deeper into how you're managing this inventory, where in the world it sits, and how much is actually there, you may find, and we have found, it can be 10 to 15x more than what you think you have in liability on the books, which is obviously very expensive, but also... Very valuable to you, and literally can represent up to fifteen percent of your bottom line this year and help through this period
1: now, speaking of this period then um you know, I guess the natural question is, okay, I've got all of the stuff that can be repurposed, recycled. My question is is where's is that end user right now if manufacturing is shut down in so many places of the world with no specific date in sight. That that's gonna be ramping back up, so how does having that waste now, how can I monetize that now if who needs it
0: yep right now. So funny enough, there are more people that need it and want it than you think. We have not been able to keep up with our buyer, uh, you know, designer inquiries that are coming in every day for small to large individuals to big brands who are looking for access to this, whether it is making masks and gowns and repurposing it, whether it is filling existing orders that uh, they may may still have. There are people out there and there are places that weren't as impacted as others by the Period of disruption, and there also are places that are starting to open up. We are getting flagged by our partners with factories and mills and warehouses that are already starting to open up, for better or worse. And putting that that decision aside, um, there are things still moving, and there are is commerce still happening, and especially in the digital space. And so orders need to be fulfilled, and, and this provides value and an opportunity for that business and commerce is still continuing. Just how it's done is shifting. And this is one of the ways in how it's shifting and how it can be done in the future. Um, one of the valuable things in, in this period as well is looking at kind of heat maps or understanding in your supply chain where in the world your stuff sits. You may not have realized that you had a certain dependency on a certain region in the world and a lot of your raw materials and or finished goods are sitting in a certain location, um, that may mean in the future, you should look at diversifying your supply chain a little bit and not having such a dependency on one region that could be significantly impacted again by some future, we hope not, but could be some future pandemic or issue. Um, This gives rise to those issues, but like I said, also opportunities.
1: So someone wants to connect and learn more Uh, get some insights or potentially partner with you, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, please feel free to reach out anytime. Um, I'm at Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E at queenofraw.com and I give out my phone. I'm at 203-981-6993. We are here to help 24-7. We want to support you through this time personally, professionally. We do believe together we can and will change the world.
1: All right. Stephanie Benedetto, the CEO and co-founder of The Extraordinary Queen of Raw. I really should say The Extraordinary Stephanie Benedetto, CEO and co-founder of The Extraordinary Queen of Raw. You guys really, really rock it. And uh, thanks for taking the time to join. And good luck with everything. Stay safe and stay well.
0: Thank you. And to you and thanks for all the support. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright twenty nineteen. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.